show where we don't just report on fringe science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yep, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Ross Blotcher. I'm Carrie Poppy, and today <laughs> we're going to go bathing with you. Yeah, join us for a sound bath. A sound bath. Now, you may remember, if you've been with us for a while, we uh, visited a sound bath once before at the Integratron. Yes. Out in the Joshua Tree Desert. That was cool. Yeah, for sure. That was very neat. That had a lot more going on. Right. The sound bath was just one part. The Integratron has this whole history and... All kinds of physics, breaking stuff. Oh boy, a lot of stuff going stuff. on there. We'll let you go listen to that one. But we saw an invitation for a sound bath, or you saw an invitation mm-hmm. for a sound bath. At one of my favorite places in LA. I didn't know it existed. That's so funny. Yeah, the Philosophical Research Society. Oh my goodness, I love this place now. I drive by it all the time. Actually, mm-hmm. every time... I drive over to see you. Oh, yeah. I'm going past it. I've had two friends where I'd have to turn at that intersection. Goodness. And I saw that building, and I just never questioned what it was. Yeah, it's an interesting place. It's kind of on the border of esoterica and spirituality, you might say. Mm-hmm. And on the sign that they have facing that intersection on Los Feliz Boulevard, mm-hmm. It says, the University of Philosophical Research, Mm -hmm. Master's Degrees in Consciousness Studies and Transformational Psychology. How did that not catch my eye? Yeah, so they've all been sitting here wondering, but what is it? What is it? What is it? So it's called the Philosophical Research Society or the University of Philosophical Research. It is a school and library. Oh, do you have the pamphlet right there? You might say it's a nonprofit organization founded in 1934 by Manley P. Hall. I would. For the purpose of providing thoughtful persons rare access to the depth and breadth of the world's wisdom literature, entirely free from doctrinal, political, or ecclesiastical affiliation, the PRS provides an environment sheltered from any interest intending to coerce or convert. There you go. The institution's goal is to enable the individual to develop a mature philosophy of life dedicated to understanding and appreciating one's own unique possibilities in the unfolding universal pattern. The works public. No, I'll stop. It it goes on. Right into that one. (laughs) It goes on, obviously, but that sounds so cool. Yeah, it's great. I'm all for it. They kind of take a 14 times kind of attitude where it's like, hey, if people said it, we'll share it. Make your own judgment. We're interested in collecting and sharing this body of human exploration into where we come from and why we're here and all of that. We might tell you something that's completely loopy, then just. Take it as loopy. That's fine. I had been there only once before. They had an event, I think it was through Atlas Obscura, where you could come and- This place has Atlas Obscura written all over it. Totally. You could come and walk through their library. And there was also a talk by Mitch Horowitz, not to be confused with the Mitch Horowitz who created Arrested Development. Oh, interesting. Mitch Horowitz, an occult writer. And during his talk, he was going through different- people who had influenced his thinking. And he said, when I first got into this, I asked my friend, like, okay, I've read this book and this book and this book. What should I read next? And my friend said, Manly P. Hall. And so I (laughs) dove into his writings and, oh, my God, the breadth and depth and width and tallness, whatever. So I got real excited. I went to the bookstore to see what did Manly P. Hall write and picked up a copy of that book. 
And I was bored out of my mind. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. When you tried reading it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, now I am both curious and challenged. Yes, yes. I think we could get through it. Sure. It's just like not taken the way Mitch was. I feel like that's another scale we could establish of readability. Mm, yeah. Everybody we encounter would fall somewhere on that continuum from L. Ron Hubbard on totally. one end to, you know, just how well you can parse what the person is saying. Totally. But anyway, Manly P. Hall was the original thinker off of whom this place was built. But they do lots of other things, like apparently sound baths. Yeah. So I just saw you sent me an Eventbrite link mm-hmm. to sign up for a sound bath somewhere in LA. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it was attached to this place at the time. I just said, sound bath sounds good. Got uh, it. And I read the description and it had just enough pseudoscientific language that I thought, oh, this will be interesting. Mm. Wait, let's see if what I can... What caught your eye in particular? I think I think it's written... Oh, I think it might be this part. The cells of the human body have a natural geometrical relationship to the structure of quartz crystals. You got it. Our, Our DNA, DNA, blood, bones, bones and, and the, the crystal colloidal liquid, liquid of the, the brain, brain are all made up of crystalline structures. structures. Yep. Therefore... <laughs> <laughs> the sound vibrations of the, of the crystal, crystal singing bowls affect the body, the body and brain, creating a resonance that, that allows consciousness to travel into altered states of awareness. During this state, profound relaxation and healing can be expected. Yeah, I saw that and I thought, okay, you had me at crystal colloidal liquid of the brain. And did you know that some of the benefits include stress reduction, peace of mind, creative inspiration, physical and mental healing, improved sleep, enhanced energy, relief from depression and anxiety, forgiveness, release from guilt, and increased productivity and focus. That all sounds good. Yeah. I'll do it. Let's and do it, it. It was 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Yeah. Psh. Of course. Ten bucks suggested donation. If you can't afford it, you could put one dollar. Amazing. Yeah, on this flyer we have, there's even financial assistance available by request. There's an email address. So they regularly hold these sound baths. And if you go to one of the Friday night candlelight sessions or the Sunday service at two o'clock, then it's a twenty dollar suggested donation. Got it. Um, Twice as much on Sunday. Yeah. Huh. Well, on the Friday is $20 if you buy by Eventbrite or $25 oh. at the door. Interesting. Anyways, we paid $10 for this one. Which was going to have an instructional talk beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's a shorter one. Usually they go for, I think, a couple hours or yeah. at least an hour. This uh, was just yeah. going to be a faster sound bath. Just dip your toe in the water. I see what you did there. Thank you. Thank you. This was on a Wednesday evening. Mm -hmm. So I left work, came over to the Los Feliz side of things. It's a lot closer to where you live. Yes, and yet you were there before I was. I was just punching in the address and realized, oh, it's this place. Interesting. I never thought about what was here. So I parked on the street and walked in front and was immediately excited just by the decor of this place. Yeah, it's really cool. There's an Egyptian-looking statue out front, and it gets very dark now. Nice pick, Ross. Thank you, thank you. We found that my brand-new iPhone gets very good low-light photography. Yours light corrects really well. Mm. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Light. It lets in a lot of photons. It lets in so many photons. So the statue is holding a... Sign. It's a shirtless Egyptian male wearing that. I don't know how to describe that. 
sort that of Egyptian headdress that yeah. we're all familiar with. Uh-huh. Yeah, you'd think of like a pharaoh wearing. He's carrying a tablet that says, "Thou art that." Ooh. Whoa. And then I rounded the corner, and there were stairs leading up into this courtyard area, and there were buildings back removed from the street. And it was only 7 o'clock, but it was dark already Mm because we just had daylight saving time due to the fall back. Right. So I had this teasing of buildings in the background and this courtyard and living spaces. And I thought, oh, this place is is so cool. I want to explore. Living spaces. But I was already- Did you get that commercial? No. Oh. I have no idea what you're doing. Okay. I hope you're having fun. I I am. Good. It said to check in at the bookstore, and I I would have loved to have wandered around, but I was already seven minutes late myself. And this place has a very cool aesthetic- Beyond just the building itself, I think it was last painted in the late 60s, early 70s. Mm-hmm. So everything's got like a sweet avocado tone, an orange tone, and lots of wood that they haven't replaced. And I don't know. It's just, it's a really it feels charming. like it's from an older era. Yeah. Absolutely. It's so great. So I stopped in the bookstore. The woman at the counter said, oh, I just need your name. So I said, Blotcher Ross. And so she looked me up, checked me off, said, okay, you can head on in. So I did. And I I wanted to take pictures of everything because everything looked so cool. There was this picture on the wall of this guy staring very intently Mm. at me in the little building across from the bookstore. Very old furniture that was intricately carved was really cool. Now, are you in the auditorium right now? Not or? yet. The hallway leading to the auditorium. Ah, uh, okay. Got it. And there were lots of pamphlets and pieces of paper to grab, but no, I got to get into this talk. I'll ogle this stuff later. <laughs> so, Was I wa- the staring guy Alistair Crowley? Oh, no. So. That must be Manly P. Hall. It must be Manly P. Hall. It must be Manly P. Hall. I did get a picture. Yeah, look up a picture of Manly yeah, P. Hall. Yeah, let's see. That would make sense. He's certainly got a look. Yeah, I think that's him. Here he is. A hundred percent. That is yeah. Manly P. Manly Hall. P. Hall. Okay. There was a painting of him staring. Very serious looking person. Very intense. Yeah. A serious man. Exactly. And so I wandered into the hall and there was a talk being given by the president of the Philosophical Research Society, Greg Salyer, uh-huh. president and chief executive officer. He holds a doctorate in literature and religious studies from Emory University's Graduate Institute of the Liberal Arts. This is according to the Philosophical Research Society's website. Indeed. Cool. What was he like? The woman in the bookstore had told me that they anticipate people are going to be a bit late in traffic. So it's okay. You're right on time. So I headed in there, and I think I caught the beginning of the talk based on the slide he had up. But we were heading into this auditorium, and I would say there were maybe 200 to 300 seats Mm -hmm. in three rows, bigger section in the middle of these old-style theater seats, I would say, where the seat part is upright and you have to push it down to sit on it. Right. It's a little squeaky and it's padded. But otherwise feels kind of like a pew at a church. If it didn't have that feature, I think it would. Oh, okay. I'm sure they requisitioned it from some theater, like an mm-hmm. actual performance theater, had that kind of feel to it. So I went up toward the front, sat on the left-hand side, and I'd say by the time the room had filled up for this event, I'd say there were about 30 people in there. Most hmm, of them okay. were there already when I arrived. A motley crew, 
there was maybe sort of a hippie-ish vibe mm-hmm. to the room, mm-hmm. but a, a variety of people, types, mm-hmm. ages, ethnicities. Mm-hmm. It was a well-rounded crew. Nice. There was a stage up front, lots of modern lighting on what is otherwise that same old style looking building. Up front, they have a lectern and there was a table with the bowls on it. And various little statues or pieces of art that I would love to get a closer look at. More of the furniture with the very intricate curved wood, curved and carved wood. Now you said it had the bowls on it. I don't know if we explicitly said this would be a crystal singing bowl. Oh. Sound bath. Oh, that's, yes. These are crystal singing bowls. Yes. Yes. We will get to those. And so he had one slide up that was a picture of a guy playing an instrument this looks like a Picasso, so I assume this is like a blue period uh, painting of a guy see. strumming. Oh, yeah, cool. Or, or now, you're all wondering, wait, where's Carrie? I was in my new prius That's right. Driving. You got a new car. <laughs> I got That's a new exciting. car, finally. After 14 years, Ross. 14! But I finally saved up for a hybrid and got it. And I was driving that to meet you and... It's just one of those things where like every place you turn, you're like, oh, nope, that's a detour. Oh, nope, can't go there. Oh, someone's stopping up that lane. Oh, that's L.A. for you. So uh, you were in there a good 10 plus minutes before me. Oh, sure enough. This is Pablo Picasso, the old guitarist. Oh, okay. All right. Nice. And he was talking about the meaning of sound and how sound is so important. And he had some interesting points. He was talking about how it's, you know, just one fifth at least of our senses. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about the temporal nature of it, that with the other senses, you can just catch maybe a a clip or a sample of it. And that's enough to take an impression from. But Mm. with sound, it needs to be a prolonged time Mm. experience or it doesn't register if you just hear the... That doesn't convey the meaning of the sound. He should hang out with some people who believe in spirit boxes and see if he still has that impression. Oh, interesting. Yeah, you're right, because those are samples of sound. Oh, she said, my name is Carrie, and I died in a fireplace. (laughs) Stringing them together to get a a hole. But yeah, it, it was an interesting observation. He was also talking about cultural transmission and how the spoken word came before the written one and the importance of that and creation traditions. He talked at length about the story of Orpheus traveling into the underworld and playing a lyre. Oh, okay. She would mention that later. Yeah, to win back. To convince the underworld gods to... To convince Hades to let his wife Eurydice go. Ah, right. And, And it worked. His music was so effective. Very what dreams may come. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was... uh directly inspired from that particular mm-hmm. tale or vice versa <laughs> nope <laughs> you never know nope you just never know sometimes you know huh, you just never know you know sometimes it's hard to know <laughs> you just sometimes it's easy know. to know you just never know he was also talking about a theologian named rudolf otto and his idea of the mysterium tremendum the mystery that repels and i just remember thinking oh i want to hear more about this but yeah. but already you were getting the sense that he was traveling through time and philosophy and religion. Uh, uh Oh, this is interesting. This is very PRS. Yeah, before I'd really had a chance to absorb yet what this place is, Uh I was getting a little taste of it and liking it. 
he also talked about how so many myths have sound as an element of creation. Mm. God spoke mm-hmm. and it oh, yeah, okay. came to pass. And he went through some of that Genesis account and emphasized the words uh-huh. that had to do with speaking. Yeah, you know, that is interesting, isn't it? Yeah, no. I mean, like you, you could say he wrote the world into existence or something, but mm-hmm. no. It was, yeah, the spoken word. And then the importance of having Adam name all the animals, because you so often wonder, where do names come from? Mm -hmm. I remember that was something I really loved about Ursula Le Guin's Wizard of Earthsea series, Mm -hmm. in that names were so important, and that knowing the true name of something gave you magical power over it. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was a little kid, and my cat had kittens, and my mom said I could name some of the kittens, and I did, but then I was like, but we don't know their real names. And my mom was like... What do you mean? Those are the real names. (laughs) It's like, no, I mean, the real names their mom gave them and we'll never know them. She was kind of blown away by that. I think for her, it was like a very like philosophy from the mouths of babes. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So he was talking about these different aspects of sound and how sound is important and healing, then seated the floor to our main speaker. Okay, so I must have come in right about here. Yeah, I, think I came so. in at like ah, right as she was beginning. Perfect moment. Oh, it's like me and her, just a crescendo of feminine beauty. I don't know of circles so. and concave receptacles. <laughs> exactly. We'll get there. So her name was and remains. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. You don't know. You never know. You never know. Ross, you never. Sometimes know. you know, but. You never know, you know? Yeah. There, there you are, never know. There are cases yeah, in which just can't you, you kind of know. Anyway. Kristen uh, Palumbo. Kristen Palumbo. So she's a beautiful brunette woman in her 40s. Sounds about right, yeah. And she came up. She had a very tender voice. One mm-hmm. of those people who every word lands softly and carefully just very Which nice made her very easy to understand i appreciate yeah. that she does script consulting but also sound bath bliss she does script consulting and also sound bath bliss i'm looking at her website so how long has she been doing this do we know did she say i want to say decades decades maybe decades So when she opened up, the first thing she asked was, who here believes sound can heal? And most people raised their hands. And I think she was kind of surprised by that. I think she expected to have more people from the general community or something. And the way she phrased that, I was tempted to raise my hand, but needed more time to think about that. Ah, okay. She was saying, you know, how many of you think sound can aid in healing? Something like that. I felt like, uh, well. Oh, oh, right. Because it could help with like emotional well-being or that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, that's true. But most people raised their hand and she was like, okay, oh, okay, good, good. I'm, I'm glad. I believe that it can bring transcendence and healing. And when I say transcendence, I mean transcending one's daily expectations. Which, again, I thought, oh, I could kind of sign on to that. Okay, mm-hmm. sure. If you're yeah. defining transcendence that way, yeah, sound can be absolutely, absolutely. transcendent. If, if sound can't, what can't? Especially if you're on ayahuasca. Oh, boy. About it. <laughs> yeah, altered states. That's another issue. So she said she has experienced transcendence and healing herself while listening to these kinds of bowls we're going to be using, the Mm -hmm. quartz crystal singing bowl. Yeah, and she gave a bit of a history of the, she said that singing bowls themselves have been around for a long time, Mm -hmm. and was talking about thousands of years ago that there were bowls. And the first bowl she mentioned, she said, they weren't necessarily singing bowls, but bowls have always had sacred... 
meanings to them. Yeah, I think you're talking about the part where she showed us the Buddhist art. Right. And so Buddha and some of his followers were carrying bowls. And she said, okay, like they would use them to make offerings. But also, (laughs) (laughs) bowls in general were really important. There was a mention of the different types of materials used to create early singing bowls, Mm -hmm. and they corresponded to the metals ascribed to different planets. Yes. So Mercury was iron. Just kidding. Mercury is Mercury. (laughs) Wait. Mars is iron. Jupiter is tin. That sounds right. Saturn is lead. Mm -hmm. Shoot, I forgot what the Earth is. Venus. No, the Earth isn't named. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. And then Venus. What am I going to say? Copper? Yes. Oh, that was a guess. And then also the sun and the moon were gold and silver, respectively. Right. She also showed us a video of some water that was being affected by sound vibrations. Oh, that's right. She introduced that. Some of you may be skeptical. So here's a bit of science. She for actually you. said some people here might be skeptical and want some scientific explanation to back up these claims. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Speaking right to us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. And yes, we do. So she showed us this video that was going to prop up her scientific claims of water being jolted by sound, sound waves, which makes a beautiful right. pattern. D- depending on the placement of the sound and the the shape of the container mm-hmm. and the depth of the water, you know, all kinds of variables. But yeah, you can produce awesome patterns. But she had those patterns up there on the screen and said, imagine what those frequencies are doing to each and every one of your cells. Hmm. See, now that's different. And this felt very Dr. Emoto. Totally. I was waiting for her to say Dr. Emoto. She mentioned a Dr. John Culper, who I couldn't find anywhere, but she said that he performed this experiment. So we would see different vibrations affecting sand and affecting clay and water and how they all form these pretty geometric patterns. And you and I at this point were just silently to each other saying, and she said our bodies are at least 65% water. Oh, right. So makes you wonder how they're affecting our body. Indeed. Makes you wonder. <laughs> she labeled this study cymatics. Yeah, I looked that up. That's a thing. Cool. C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. Yep. Dot com slash oh no. <laughs> yeah, so then we went into the history of sound healing, starting with Pythagoras, as oh, you mentioned. Oh, yes. Pythagoras. Yes. Not only did he invent the Pythagorean theorem Mm-mm. that we all know with our right triangles. Yeah, that's old hat. But she talked about how legitimately he discovered how musical notes are related to each other mathematically. Yeah. Well, and how harmony in particular has these certain ratios of like this note to that note will sound good. Which we know about because we watched Donald in Math Magic Land when ah, we were kids. I don't remember that part, but Oh yeah, yeah that but, was featured. Okay, cool. Um, Though they did get pi wrong. Oh no, really? Yeah, yeah, they got a few digits completely wrong. Oh weird. So he became convinced that the whole universe is operated by math and came up with the concept of the music of the spheres. Mm-hmm. Meaning like if we could figure out what the math is for all of these celestial bodies, we could turn it into music. <laughs> it was such a facile connection between, hey, look, Pythagoras back in the day, he felt that sound had healing properties, and that's how we know it's scientific. Right. Just a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was actually thinking when she said they would make them out of materials like these 
Five planets. I thought, well, this sounds like outdated info, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Newton was a genius, one of of the smartest humans who's ever lived, invented calculus just to solve another problem. But he still tinkered with biblical prophecy and alchemy. He still lived when he lived. Just because a very smart person pursued some other pursuit doesn't make that right. Right. And they were products of their time, of course. Yeah. If I were even a fraction as brilliant and lived in those same times, I would be believing in God and... Of course, th- yeah. And it's these fair other ideas. to look back and say, oh, shit, really? He believed that? Okay, then I'm going to look into that because I think he was wise and smart. Mm-hmm. But that should be the beginning of your investigation, exactly. not the end of it. Yeah, we have to be really careful when looking at the wisdom of the ancients mm-hmm. and how seriously we take that. Totally. And by ancients, I mean people from the 1600s as well. Just in case oh, right. someone later is like, Isaac Newton wasn't ancient. Right. Okay, got it. So she said he was the first person to prescribe music as medicine. There you go. Okay. How did it work out? We don't know. We'll have to ask Sawbones. Okay, so then she showed us the largest Tibetan singing bowl (laughs) in the world. Yeah. So Tibetan singing bowls, just to back up for a second, they're usually made of metal or wood. Mm Mm-hmm. And- um, Most of the ones I've seen for sale are brass. mm Mm-hmm. And I wanted to bring mine tonight- I can't tell you how many times I've thought, I wish I brought my Tibetan singing bowl to this event. Dang. I think I should just keep it in my car. I don't have one. Oh, we should fix that. (laughs) I like them a lot. Oh, I know. It's so pleasant having a Tibetan singing bowl. Hold on. Don't buy one. I'll get you one as a gift. Okay. (laughs) So the principle of a singing bowl is the same as making your wine glass sing. You strike the side of it very lightly and then go around the edge and it produces this hum that can be a different tone depending on its size and shape and density and whatnot. You're just making me sad I didn't bring my Tibetan singing bowl. (laughs) Sorry. But so the Tibetan monks use it as a meditation aid. But the largest one apparently is in this hotel in Switzerland Uh called the Palace Hotel Luzerne. She showed us a picture of this and said that you get in a hammock. You get in a hammock. They, she said they strap you to the hammock. Okay. And then you hang over the singing bowl that they make sing for an hour or whatever. That's and we amazing. were like, we have to go. Oh, yeah. I so want that. And they're closed until 2019, but 2019 is pretty soon. Yeah. Please should... send us to Switzerland. <laughs> yeah, you had me at hammock. But then you <laughs> you retained me at world's largest singing bowl. And she said it was, I, I think I worked it out to like 1,400 pounds heavy. 2,400 pounds, I think. Because didn't she say 2.2 tons? Or no, no, 1.2 tons. Oh, yeah. So over 2,000 pounds. Yeah. Then. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I've, I so want to experience it. And then she said that it produces over 1,000 frequencies. Oh, right. And I'm trying to think. In what way that could be meaningful? Uh huh. Over a thousand frequencies. Well, okay, to give her the benefit of the doubt, I think I know what she's going for. So, Tibetan singing bowls and uh, also Tibetan throat singing. In both, one of the things you're trying to do is sustain two notes at the same mm-hmm. time. The throat singing is cool. Yeah. If it any is. of you haven't seen this before, I'm guessing that she's just saying, like, you can extrapolate all these different tones from just one hit. The- the throat singing are the uh, Tuvan people 
yeah. you, if you're looking for it. There's a cool document. They're in the Mongolian that. region. Anyways, you know, any sound can cover a broad ra- yeah. range of free. I feel like that was hype. It was. I'm just trying. Trying to, to be generous. Yeah. Sure. You know what's nice after a sound bath, Carrie? You know, Ross, I think we were about to say the exact same thing. Oh, really? Yes, I was about to take that exact same dive into some Brooklyn and Sheets. Hey. Hey. Let's cut right to the chase. That's right. We're here to tell you about Brooklyn and they produce the finest sheets. Yes, they do. You know, you spend a third of your life in your sheets. You probably don't even think about it because you're, frankly, you're asleep. But... You want those sheets to be nice. You want them to feel good on your skin. If you're doing it right, you're asleep. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a good point. Well, well what... sometimes your sheets are around for some other stuff. Yeah, that's too. right. They... So, hey, whatever it is you're doing in your sheets, maybe it's time for a bedding upgrade. Exactly. So you and I both have Brooklyn and sheets. Yeah, they're fantastic. They're soft. They're resilient. Yeah, I wouldn't Probably, have thought of I didn't the word resilient, but... Anything, but... <laughs> I guess I mean like they're strong, they're hardy, you know? Yeah, they're definitely, they're solid. Yeah, but solid, well-made. And yet breathable. Salt of the earth. Cool to know? the skin. Yeah. Very very comfortable. N- and nice on the eyes because they're attractive. Yeah. And did you know they have over 30,000 five-star reviews? Hold on, let me do the math here. That's 150,000 stars? It's more than that, yeah. Wow. I know. So many stars. That's more stars than go to the Oscars. It's like they say in 2001, it's full of stars. Exactly. I've never seen it. Really? Yeah, I know. I don't have a good reason. Anyway, they also have half a million happy sleepers and counting. And again, these sheets don't just look amazing. They feel amazing, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Mix and match over 20 colors and patterns. You can get whatever design you want. Yeah. If you like having polka dots but also stripes, you do you. Or you negotiate with your significant other if mm-hmm. that's how the bedding works. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe they get their polka dots and you get your stripes. Maybe you buy both. Maybe you maybe you get two fitted sheets, mm-hmm. one with stripes, one with polka dots. You, you cut them down the middle. You <laughs> sew them together. It's a very Brady Bunch, need to split up the room so we draw a line down the center of its solution. (laughs) But you could do that. For those couples who are like, you're on my side. Exactly. Get off my side. Exactly. See, mine has the zebra print. Exactly. That could be you. So go to brooklinen.com. They have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You get $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code Ross and Carrie. I know what you were thinking. You were expecting a different promo code, so pay attention. It's Ross... And Carrie, C-A-R-R-I-E, all one word. Yes, R-O-S-S-A-N-D-C-A-R-R-I-E at brooklinen.com. And all their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. That's $20 off and free shipping when you use the promo code Ross and Carrie at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com, promo code Ross and Carrie. And we're back. She told us that quartz crystal singing bowls actually arrived in the 70s. Yeah, a very recent invention. She said it's a great combination of technology and ancient wisdom. Yes, she said, you know, why not use the stuff we used for transistors and computer chips, meaning quartz, to, and, and yeah, bridge ancient mysticism and modern tech. Okay. Let's do it. I'm all Why for not? it. And she had I'm, these large yeah. quartz singing bowls up on that table. It did make me think a lot, though, about, okay, so this was made by people in a totally different culture. It just sounds like one of those things where it's like Americans in the 70s were like, 
What if we just took this and made it ourselves? <laughs> yeah. But hey, I got to say, those quartz bowls make an awesome sound. Yeah. But I guess the manufacturing technology wasn't there until modern manufacturing techniques. Totally. So hey, I'm all for it. And she had bowls of varying sizes, kind of like a, a nesting doll of bowls. But they weren't inside each other, were they? No, but they probably they could, could have fit been. Okay. within one another. Very interesting. Yeah, I wonder how she carries those around. Those look very heavy. I got a real laugh when she mentioned Atlantis. Oh, yeah. She said back in Atlantis, sounds were used to balance chakras. Like back in Atlantis, yeah. you say. you know, Atlantis, that place that existed for sure. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny because up till then, I think I was holding a space in my mind that, okay, there's a little bit of wooey sounding things here, but, you know, I feel like there's some legitimacy here. And then she mentioned Atlantis. Well, shucks. Maybe she meant Atlanta. Back in Atlanta, (laughs) sounds were used to balance chakras. All right. Yeah, maybe. And they helped remove barriers as well. That uh, would be so funny to give a whole talk about Atlantis. And then but, at the end be like, oh shit, I mean Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, word, word it vaguely <laughs> enough that it, you're truly referring to Atlanta. <laughs> and then act as if like there's a deeper lesson here. Yeah, there's lots lots of advanced technology was developed in Atlantis. Uh, important moments of human history. <laughs> a man's inhumanity to man. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did, Atlanta. I meant Atlanta. Atlanta. <laughs> anyway, I am selling timeshares in Atlanta. <laughs> okay. So we learned that every note on the scale balances a particular chakra. Mm-hmm. She so started with C. So yeah, she's got seven there, one for each of the major chakras. Mm-hmm. First is C, as you said, the root chakra, and that's connected to physicality and basic survival needs. And as she told us each one of these, she would give us a little sample. And then D, which is the sacral chakra or your reproductive system. It has emotional and creative energies. E is the solar plexus, the stomach, action, mental body, ego. Your mental body. Your mental body. We learned all about that at the International Academy of Consciousness. Exactly. If you made it through those episodes. (laughs) F, that's the heart. Just all about love, man. G is the throat. Will and how you express yourself in the world, your literal voice, but also metaphorically your voice and how you're expressing yourself. And then there's A, the third eye, perception, intuition. That's the one in in the middle of your other two eyes. And finally, B, which is the crown chakra or your spiritual connection. So she said there might be a bowl that's like wonderful for you. You listen to it and it's just, oh, that's the tone I was waiting for. And then there might be another sound that's so wonderful. Yeah, that's interesting. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. But there either. might be one that you hear and go, uh. Bleh, no thanks. But you said that might identify an area that you need work on. Yeah, something, a particular part of your mental, physical, spiritual, emotional body. And then she got to the statement that had drawn me in to begin with. She said that crystal is superior to metal for these bowls because every cell in the human body has a natural geometric structure that is very similar to that of quartz, and we have a natural relationship to quartz crystals. Yes. So I think part of what she was talking about here was the idea that 
our cells are somehow crystalline in structure. Okay. I've seen this before. I've only seen it on new agey type sites and books. And so that's why things that do stuff to crystals will also do stuff to us. Okay, because cells are arranged in regular patterns. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, no, there's yeah. no, there's no useful way in which to interpret that. It's funny, too, because there are things that are a lot more like us, like a bird or a cat oh, sure. or any animal. <laughs> and I feel like if you said, okay, so, you know, like uh, this particular you know, sound will scare off a bear. Does that mean it'll do something to me? Then it would be patently absurd. But, oh, a rock. Sure. That's exactly like me. We share 60% of our DNA with bananas. And because <laughs> bananas smush. Hakuna banana. We smush in a very similar way. Yeah, Exactly. I mean, and there's some truth to that. All living things have similar properties, but it doesn't mean that if you do something to one, you will automatically do something to the other. Anyway, you guys get it. Yep. So crystal singing bowls, did you know they can produce pure tone and that corrects imbalances? Now you get it. Okay. You know, oh, she wore me down. I'm, I'm just uh, accepting yep. it See, now. See, it happens at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah. At some point, your brain goes, all right. I okay. Got it. You right. got it. Yep. I'm on board. Imbalance get, is corrected. Get me in that truck. <laughs> the the truck being her argument. This is my favorite part. The law of resonance. The law of resonance, which is much related to the law of attraction. Oh, yes. Two definite scientific laws. <laughs> as soon as she said that, I said, oh, man, I was still holding on to a little bit, even after Atlantis, and you lost me again. Yep. I tweeted out and said, I have a quick question for a physicist familiar with resonance. Is that you? <laughs> I did get one response. Oh, did you? Uh, I'm a physicist familiar with resonance. I mean, it's not my research specialty, but DM me. He's not a resonance in oh, residence. you assume it's a man. Oh, boy. Everybody email Ross at onopodcast.com. He assumed a physicist was a man. His career is over. It's all done. Now tell I me, was this a, a woman? Okay. Oh, wait. It's a woman. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, yeah. I sit corrected. <laughs> no, you're right. That was a bad assumption. On my uh, but a field mostly dominated by men. It's a problem. So it was a good bet. No, no, no. <laughs> you cannot win either way. I should we say. We will cut you down for your error and no, sudden blunder in mean, speech. You're right. You're right. <laughs> he or she. No. Okay. So I'm going to send her a message and say, hey, is the law of resonance a thing? I was more focused on making my resonance in residence joke. Oh, no. Okay, and so the law of resonance, you have two energetic systems that are similar to each other, and when they encounter one another, they vibrate together. Into a state of harmonic vibration. Okay, yes. Now, resonance, of course, is a thing, but I hadn't heard of the law of resonance, and I couldn't find anything about it, really. And if its selling point is that it's similar to the law of attraction... <laughs> That is not helpful. When I looked up Law of Resonance, I did get some results, but they were from places like AbundanceAndHappiness.com or AscensionGlossary.com or LawsOfTheUniverse.Weebly.com. .Weebly.com. Did you find anything on Angel Fire? No. Or GeoCities? <laughs> not yet. Okay. Maybe I'll... Law of Resonance, GeoCities. <laughs> 
No, must include GeoCities. Come on, Google. Mm, not really. Too bad. There's a subtle little GeoCities joke in the new Wreck-It Ralph film. Oh, nice. Go see when it in theaters. he breaks the internet. Ralph breaks the internet. Oh, it's going to be very good. I know what you're saying. It's Why isn't it Ralph so wrecks the internet? That would make more sense. Nope. Oh, it's Ralph right. breaks the internet. Because it's a Kim Kardashian reference. That's right. It's a thing. So the law of resonance, that for sure exists. She said to put that into her own language, the vibration of the bowls can help pull us out of our own bad vibes. That could does be true. make more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That could be true, but it has nothing to do with what you just said. Nope. She said everyone will have a unique experience. It's not for everybody. Thought that was kind of interesting. Like some some people won't like this. That's fine. Mm, mm-hmm. Everyone will have a unique experience. I didn't. <laughs> Is that Monty Python? Yeah. Ah, very nice. <laughs> well, Life of Brian reference. She said for her, it immediately relieves stress and anxiety. It helps her sleep. Often she feels that the vibration has literally shaken off stuck energy. Okay. All right. And uh, it may just feel good. Disconnect you from the world, let you reconnect within, a sort of forced meditation. Yeah, that was an interesting phrase. I kind of liked it. Forced meditation. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I've ever heard those words together. Me neither. All right, everybody. Forced meditation time. (laughs) I want you to go deep. I want you to be introspective. I want you to do it now. Right. That's like the father saying, all right, kids, I need you to be happy right now. (laughs) Do fathers say that? Yeah, that's the joke. All of you, lighten up. I want you to be happy right now. (laughs) It's one of those don't make me come back there kind of things. Got it, got it. But yeah, so the the idea here seems to be that this has a physiological effect that just automatically kind of calms you. Mm -hmm. You know, we hear this a lot about things like deep breathing, kind of same idea that even if you're not in a relaxed state, it just happens. And then she shifted into another potential benefit of these states that you might find yourself in during a sound bath, and that is an openness to creativity, mm-hmm. and that that can come if you're in a a state of sleep where you're in the hypnagogic state. And she used that word. Yeah. So people who've listened to our show before, you've heard of hypnagogia or hypnagogia before, mm-hmm. but it's that state between being awake and falling asleep. It's where you've probably experienced most of your hallucinations, if you've had any. Right. It's where people often think that they see ghosts or angels or spirits or demons or grandma. Actually, I really liked how they described it in The Haunting of Hill House oh, really? on Netflix. Yeah, he oh. said something like, sleep is a bowl and sometimes the bowl overflows. Ah. He's like reassuring his child who's having night terrors and stuff. Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, sometimes it overflows straight into the day. And so we think that we're seeing the regular day, but it's actually just a spillover from My the night. My cup runneth over. Yeah. I like that. I like that too. Yeah, totally. So she gave an example of Thomas Edison using a technique to do this. Now, I've never heard of Edison doing this. And I confirmed it, though. I looked up. Oh, he did. Okay, Mm -hmm. He would rest in a chair and he would hold two steel balls in his hands. This is clever. As you're starting to nod off and fall asleep, you'll relax that grip. They'll fall, hit metal pans that he left down there and make a big old racket. Yep. And wake Wake you up up. with whatever thought you were currently gestating Mm -hmm. in that state and then you'll be like, oh, oh, I should write that down. That's that was right. A good I was idea. having that great idea. I've gotten better at remembering some of the things that happen in my hypnagogic state. Ah. I've been trying to like focus on it. And I noticed that a lot of times as I'm falling asleep, I just see a woman's outfit 
Oh. It can be totally disparate styles. So one night I'll be like, oh, yeah, that plaid pantsuit. I need one of those. Oh, my God, it's perfect. I hope I remember this tomorrow. And then the next day I'll see like an A-line skirt and a blouse and be like, oh, my God, this is my new look. But then I wake up and I'm like. This is good for the economy. This isn't. (laughs) I don't usually end up buying them. Oh, good. Okay. This is good for Carrie's wallet. (laughs) It's too bad I'm not inventing things in my hypnagogic Right. So she mentioned famous people who have used this state to come up with their ideas. She named Mary Shelley, Edgar Allan Poe. And with Thomas Edison, those are pretty old references. Oh, yeah. True. Maybe those are ones that were provided by Manly P. Hall. Maybe. Oh, by the way, I had to, in order to verify that Thomas Edison story, I found myself Googling, Thomas Edison steal balls. (laughs) (laughs) So once you got through all the porn. Right, right. (laughs) Uh, But no, it confirms it at Time Magazine. That guy had balls. (laughs) Exactly. So she said, yeah, hypnagogia is produced by these bulls as well. It slows your brainwaves down to an alpha-beta phase, is what she said. Okay. And that is the same as hypnagogia. It energizes our mind, body, and creativity, and it may even spark genius. Ooh. She also said it's a kind of transcendence. What if we could really support our search for truth and meaning by accessing the knowledge in our own unconscious minds? Ah, okay. Sort of deep wisdom. Yeah, that reminds me of our dowsing friends who felt that internally we know the true answers to everything. Mm, Right. And we just need a, a conduit to access that knowledge. Your intuition. Intuition's such a tricky thing. I've been thinking about it a lot, but... Anyway. So now it's time to get ready to start the singing bowl ceremony. It is, but wait, before that, you know what I love just as much as singing bowls? Well, it would have to be something that's a sound Mm -hmm. because nothing compares. Nothing compares. Nothing compares to sound. Nothing compares to true. So I'm going to say it's probably along the lines of uh, Podcast Network. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I think you'd really love the stuff at Max you know, Fun. You know what? By the law of resonance, I think that uh, we are we're vibrational on the same systems. Vibration, and so see? it harmonizes. Right, right. I see where you're going with exactly. this. Exactly. And I think you'd really like the Max Fun shows. Yeah? You got any uh, you could sample for me? Yeah, yeah. Let me turn on this boombox. Bloop. Hi, I'm the JV Club Podcast, Janet Varney, and I used to suffer from indecision. I couldn't choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, whether to call or text, or the best way to cook my eggs. But now, thanks to my weekly dose of We Got This on Maximum Fun, my decisions are made for me. Thanks, Mark and Hal! Warning, We Got This may cause shouting, phone throwing, the illusion that the hosts can hear you, laughter on public transit, and death. We Got This with Mark and Hal. We know what's best. Boy, that's the, that's be, my sound box. You better get boom your box sa- turning on. And you off. better get your boombox looked at. <laughs> oh, sorry. So it was time to prepare ourselves for the bath. Yes, and she asked us, "Is this a first time for anybody? Have you never had a sound bath before?" Mm-hmm. And maybe about seven, eight people raised yeah, their hands. She guessed ten. She way overestimated. <laughs> 
way. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, well, she was a woman. We- so, <laughs> oh, no, sorry, no. she can't be a physicist. Oh, no. <laughs> I just teasing. We all make those blunders. We didn't raise our hands because we have experienced a sound bath before. And she said, you might not feel a healing right then. You might feel a healing days or weeks later. Seems convenient, but I guess it could work that way. Okay. Whenever you start to feel good in the near future, <laughs> you'll know re- it was this. Remember this and give it credit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My goodness. And some things do have delayed results, but you know sure. that's why we have to test them. Hey, listeners, if you feel okay anytime in the next two weeks, just think, oh, it's because I listen. Two years. <laughs> it's because I listen to Ono Ross and Carrie. Exactly. But if you feel bad, then had, it was sawbones. We had nothing to do with that. <laughs> so you also might just feel relaxed or you might feel stimulated during the bath. Mm-hmm. Depends on who you are. It might be jarring. Don't judge the experience. Whatever's right. coming up, that's what needs to be revealed or released. As we're heading out later, there was a pamphlet we both picked up called Sound Baths Plus Their Rise in Popularity What You Need to Know. And it underscored that point about not prejudging the experience. It mentioned the tracing of the practice back to Greek philosopher Pythagoras, at least sound healing. But the things we're supposed to understand are that, one, sound baths are not a form of entertainment. Right. The idea isn't for you to be listening to the notes like you would at, say, an opera or a musical performance. No, you're supposed to be getting detuned and just letting the experience overtake you without analyzing it. It washes over you. And number two, you're supposed to know that everyone reacts differently to the sound and vibration, again, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. Kristen had spelled out for us. Number three, take the time to find a legitimate sound bath. I really like this one. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives the example of a DJ, DJ who like throws a rave and calls it a sound bath. <laughs> but a well-trained facilitator knows how to create and hold a safe space while introducing the power of sound. And so we know that Kristen is well-trained because she appears here at mm. the PRS mm-hmm. on the regular. And she's using sound bowls and not... I don't know, just mixing songs or mm-hmm. something. Not uh, scratching records or anything Exactly. Like that. <laughs> Number four, you don't need to know how to meditate before you go to a sound bath. That's reassuring. Good. Even first timers can enjoy yeah. a benefit. And number five, establish a regular sound bath practice for maximum effect. So she reemphasized that the alpha state is what we're going for here. And again, that's like this sleepy state that also I've definitely gotten into with meditation. I think it also happened to me unexpectedly with the Aetherius Society where oh. they were chanting and I kind of fell into kind yes. of a trance-like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And because of that repeated mantra, the mm-hmm. Om Mani Padme Om. Om Mani. Yeah, definitely. Om Mani Padme Om. <laughs> I uh, that's a George King reference what I just did. yes yes I pulled out my steel balls and put one in each hand <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah wait you did this at the sound bath I'm teasing I, oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I did not have steel balls with me I, in fact we were encouraged not to make noise mm-hmm. and if any of us were snoring those sitting near us were encouraged to gently tap us nudge give a little nudge Okay, and then lastly, we're going to set our intentions. Do we have something to heal? Maybe we just want to be a blank slate. That's good, too. I had an too. angry foot that I set my intentions toward. Oh, nice. All right, eventually something's going to heal this foot. Might be the sound bath. Yeah, uh, or death. What did you uh, intend? 
I was glad she said that blank slate thing because I didn't feel like, oh, there's something I really need to deal with right now. Mm. I felt more like, oh, you know, just like whatever you want to give me, universe. Fair. Here go we with go. It. So she said there will be 30 minutes of playing the bowls and then a song. Sweet. And she started us on something akin to a meditation where she had us pay attention to our breath and breathe deeply three times and then exhale. Yeah, nose to mouth. <sighs> Let's have listeners do that with us. In through the nose for three seconds. Out through the mouth for three seconds. See, don't you feel better now? It is very calming. but it totally makes sense. That's one of the best pieces of advice. Yep. Breathe deeply. So then she rang a little bell and... It was these two metal symbols that she kept... Oh, okay. ...clanging into each other. I think I closed my eyes already. They look like little UFOs. Uh, like those finger symbols? Yeah, but they were just a solid piece, and she had two of them, and she would jam uh, them into each other, and okay. it let out a very loud sound. Ding dong. Bah! Well, really just a ding. So she told us we could close our eyes, and she was going to start by reading a short passage. <laughs> I got some of this passage down, though. Not all of it. It was very long. So here it is. In ancient stories... The word or sound penetrates into the void so that life can be revealed. Singing bowls have come into our consciousness at a time when rational, masculine thinking has reached its highest point in our high-tech Western world. Circles, round shapes, and concave receptacles (laughs) represent divine woman. Goddess, seed of life grows in darkness. Mysterious, intuitive. Concave receptacles. I know. No, thank you. I think we're working a little hard to make the bowls relate to feminine energy. Yeah, yeah. It's like a vagina, I think, is what we're supposed to take from that. (laughs) Indeed. But she couldn't just say, it's like a vagina. So the crystal bowls represent constant energy of birth, warmth, love, art, and the divine. And then she strikes the bowls with a mallet, which represents the male expression and action. Yes, and brings the female to life. <laughs> which uh, which is Thank a reference so to sex. Right, right. Uh, and then there's the sacred sound vibration, the act of creation. Which means sex. <laughs> and we'll give you an irresistible nostalgia for our earth and creation. Which means sex. Oh, no. <laughs> that was like an interesting phrasing, though. An irresistible nostalgia for our creation. I don't know. I kind of liked that. Yeah, I'll take it. You can be restored to balance. By all these sounds, your bad habits will be gone. No Yay. old associations. Woo-hoo. Yeah, there was something in the writing, too, that reminded me of Scientology. Oh, It was really? similar to this. Yeah. Okay, so in that article you mentioned, it says, Our body, mind, and spirit hold the energetic imprints of all of our experiences, and sound vibrations have a way of shaking things up. It just sounded like getting rid of your engrams. Sound vibrations have a way of shaking things up. <laughs> that is all. <laughs> then we're encouraged to clear our minds, leave the world outside, soften your heart, allow for harmonious sounds to pass through you like a magical waterfall, returning you to the source of creation. I will. And then she started the bath, started the water running. Yeah, just a, a series of sounds Bum. coming from those bowls. Yeah, she tap on it, and then move the mallet around the outside to keep that sustained noise. 
And very often she'd have two going at once. One with the right hand, one with the left. That reminds me. That reminds me, there was often a very physical effect that I felt where it felt like the sound was going around my head. Oh, like embraced I, by the womanly duck. Like I could feel it just traveling in that directional pattern where I'd sort of hear it more through mm-hmm. one ear and then it would come oh, around the other okay. side of the head. Oh, interesting, because it had the same effect on me that it had at the Ethereum Society with the chanting, where it makes me kind of pivot at the hip. I'm, I'll do it for you. Uh, maybe you can describe it. Like, do this. Carrie is much like a tree that is swaying in the breeze. But like... In a rotary fashion. Yeah, a rotary fashion. Oh, she's now oscillating. (laughs) Away from and toward the microphone. Yeah, so like at my hips, the rotation begins. My legs are totally stationary, but like my upper torso kind of forms a cone i spent a lot of time on my third night of ayahuasca doing that oh okay i was waving around at the hips but it it was very pleasant except for the seats and right as she was starting i was half tempted to go lay down in the aisle i Mm. thought who's gonna get mad if i lay down in the aisle i don't remember the seat bothering me oh the seats were uncomfortable for me Mm. well i do prefer to sit cross-legged anytime i can pretty much and it did make it hard to sit cross-legged. So. Okay. So that went on for half an hour. Those yeah. sounds. Super pleasant. I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, it was really nice. Although, much like right now, I had a little bit of a headache. Oh, no. And I, I got to tell you, just don't go to these things when you have a headache. No. It's not going to get better. Yeah. No matter what they tell you, if they want to beat a drum by your head, <laughs> don't let them do it. Ah, yes, our crystal skull investigation. We had one person who had to leave just because they had a cough come on and they couldn't stop coughing. And so they oh, had to. Oh, no, I didn't even notice that. They had to exit the hall. Oh. Yeah. And then when the sound bath was done, we got our towels and dried off. <laughs> no, we didn't. But we did hear a song. Yep, she had promised a song and she played it. It was very lovely. You identified it? Yes. It's called Long Time Sun by Snadem Cower. I could absolutely imagine them playing this at Rhythmia at the end of your ayahuasca ceremony. A hundred percent. Shine above you. Arash surround you. I can't guarantee they didn't play that at right? <laughs> Rhythmia. It, it really reminds me of those journeys. Ross is wearing an It Suffers the Illusion shirt right now. Oh, that's true. A listener made this for us. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, a great illustration with a giant Uh, brain and an eyeball. Good job, Dylan Cates. So were you comfortable during this whole event, Ross? I would, well, minus the chair, yes. Mm, Yeah, it was a hard chair. Yeah, bad seating. Yeah. I have to go back to one of the ones where you get to lay down. You know how you could have been more comfortable? Uh, No, what would have made me more comfortable? If you had, like me, worn a third love bra. I was not wearing a third love bra. I was. And it's Manang's favorite bra, Ross. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, oh my God, this is such a coincidence because they happen to have been a supporter of this episode. That's right. This episode is supported in part by third love. 
And Third Love uses millions of real women's measurements to design its bras with breast size and shape in mind for an impeccable fit and incredible feel. It's true. It's impeccable. It's incredible. That's what I hear from at least two of the women in my life. See, there you go. And they are an industry leader. They have 70 sizes and cup sizes A through H, bands up to 48, and they have their signature half cup sizes. Find your fit in 60 seconds with Third Love's online fit finder. Order and try on at home. If you don't love it, returns and exchanges are free and easy. Everyone likes free. Everyone likes easy. And they recently launched their most requested style, a cotton t-shirt bra and cotton underwear. You'll want to wear them every day, you guys. You're going to love it. Boy, I would have been way more comfortable wearing wearing that. I'm telling you. So go to thirdlove.com slash ohno, O-H-N-O, now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash ohno for 15% off today. Back to the uncomfortable chairs. Ross, sorry, stop everything. I'm stopping. We got a response from this physicist. (gasps) Oh, what did she say? So I said, hey, is the law of resonance a thing? And she said, I haven't heard that phrase. There are formulas to calculate resonance conditions, which I guess are physical laws. (laughs) A quick Google of the phrase suggests that it is not a thing in physics. (laughs) Okay. Oh, she did say tuning forks do actually do the sympathetic resonance thing, but only if they have the right geometric relationship to each other, not just any two random tuning forks. That doesn't mean anything cosmic unless you're writing poetry. Yeah, I think this is one of those situations where people can lazily say, oh, look, in science, sometimes in very special conditions, X happens. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we can now extrapolate and say that it happens between all of us every day in these situations where I want to apply this and it doesn't actually apply. Which is too bad because it kind of ruins poetry and analogy for me. Because Mm -hmm. if you want to say it's like that and use that metaphor to make you feel wonderful and, you know, make me think about how like everything that's alive and everything that's ever been is connected. That's cool. But then when you start saying like, nope. It literally is that. Well, now you've just taken it out of this beautiful world I was in Mm -hmm. where I was rollicking through the flowers. (laughs) And now I have to sit there and think about like whether there's actually data to support the thing you just said. And there definitely isn't. You've cheapened the whole experience. (sighs) Boy. I'm with you. And they call us curmudgeons. Who calls us curmudgeons? I don't know. People who don't (laughs) like science say that about people who like science. And I'm like, no, you're ruining the art. You're doing it. It's you. (laughs) So uh, she encouraged us to stretch right as I was feeling like, oh, I'm going to stretch. So good timing. She knew that stretching urge was upon us. Now we're both just stretching. We're just stretching. (laughs) You know what? Breathing deeply is good and stretching is good. You you should do both of those things. And then in three days, if you feel good, it's because of this stretch. Yeah. Hey, everybody, if you're listening, straighten up your posture and Mm -hmm. uh, stretch a bit. Breathe deeply a couple times, you'll feel better. There you go. I had this boss for a couple of years, this guy, Chris Holbein, who was fantastic. He would set reminders to himself in his calendar for things like tell your wife you love her and sit up straight. Nice. Because he had like, you know, pretty poor posture like many of us do who work at computers. Yes. And so I had seen those pop-ups on his computer and we worked in different offices. And one day I just emailed him, sit up straight. And he wrote (laughs) back, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. So what was next? 
We were told that we would sleep well this night. And I slept fine. Yep. Did you sleep? Oh, yeah. Good. Slept great. And you can go to these classes for longer. There's typically three a month of the longer version. I'd gladly go back. Yeah. Just for myself. And those include aromatherapy. Well, <laughs> we were told to grab a flyer, which we did. We grabbed lots of flyers. And to share your experience with her, good or bad. Yeah, she said, stick around and talk to me if you had a particular experience. We did not. We shuffled off to the lobby. I noticed that there was a little bit of Twin Peaks stuff there. Oh, yeah, because we came up to the display case on one wall, and you pointed to someone and you said, is that familiar to you? Mm -hmm. And I totally thought, well, it looks like I've never watched Twin Peaks, but I still remember seeing the portrait of Laura Palmer. Uh-huh. That's and it. I wanted to say that, but I thought, well, that's ridiculous. Why, Why would she would be, be here? here? This, so this must be some esoteric thing, some person that I should know about. And I, don't know. and I was like, oh, I guess you've never seen Twin Peaks. And I was like, oh, seriously, that is from Twin Peaks? <laughs> you gotta see Twin Peaks. It's oh, so good. I know I do. Why don't you want to see Twin Peaks <laughs> no, but I and do Breaking care. Bad? No, but I want to see They're them good both. shows. I think you'll like them. Uh, for both of those? Those are high on my list of need-to-watch things. I'm just waiting to become immobilized by illness. Oh, great. So if I get sick for a week, Hmm. and this never happens to me, but when it happens, Mm -hmm. I'm going to sit there and watch Breaking Bad. Okay. So I really hope I get super sick And Freaks and Geeks and Twin Peaks. Maybe if we do a raw water investigation. (laughs) God. Wait. Oh, my God. There is a God. Yes. Twin Peaks, Breaking Bad. Freaks and geeks, they all have eek in them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Twin Peaks. my. Freaks and geeks. Breaking bad. Breaking bad. Breaking bad. All right. Oh, my God. All right. This is amazing. Synchronicity. Crystals. I thought you were going for the two words. I was going to say. Oh, that's also true. That's pretty common. (laughs) Two words are pretty common. Ice cream. There you go. They all have the same number of syllables. Freaks and geeks. Oh, yeah. Breaking Breaking bad. bad. Twin Peaks. Oh, never mind. Twin Peaks. <laughs> Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, then we went to the bookstore. I was trailing behind you a bit to look into the courtyard and grab a couple photos. And I hear the <laughs> librarian talking to you. Yeah, the manager of the bookstore, yeah. Saying, I love your show. Oh, my God. I was God. like, oh, no, what happened? Uh, what happened? So when I came in... And you were already inside. I had to run in the bookstore to sign in. That's how they do it. I actually did think that she seemed to like know. Oh, oh, you're Carrie. You're Carrie Poppy. But I thought it was like we're I waiting was the for last one more one. person. Yeah, and that's why she knows. But she crossed my name off. I went inside, and then when I came back out, she said, "I've, I've just got to tell you, I've I've listened to your podcast." And I think I gave her a look of sheer horror. Oh, did you? <laughs> I think so. I just so wasn't prepared for it. Right. And it's our... You were currently in investigation mode. Yeah, exactly. And our... <laughs> I wish I, I could to see I want to say our face. nightmare, but that's not even... That's way too strong. But, you know, that's our, always our worry a little bit. I do distinctly remember thinking earlier that day, it's interesting that we're getting recognized uh-huh, more often. So frequently now, uh-huh. I saw apparently a couple listeners, at least at the polling station oh, sure. in this last election. And No, wh- at all the polling stations. Oh, that's right. I told everybody you're polling, polling Santa. Polling Santa Claus. Well, one 
person did come and speak to me and I got to nice. to meet that person. But then someone else tweeted at you that yeah. he had uh, seen me. Anyways, I was thinking, oh, but this is going to be a problem if people recognize us at investigations. But yep. usually wherever we're going, those are the people who, who don't listen to podcasts. Our kinds of podcasts. But this is the place where they would. These yep. people who just love to gather information, who have no yep. limits on their ability to access information, just love hearing stuff. It felt like she was directing her comments toward you specifically. Oh, uh, interesting. But I came in and joined in on the conversation at least. Uh-huh. And she was saying that she had particularly loved the OTO investigation. Yeah, that's what had drawn her in. And she's like, they were so funny. They were so great. And she was keeping her voice down. I think she knew why we were there. Uh-huh. And I think she understood like, well, that means that if I'm going to respect your work, I'm going to oh, be good. Cool okay. about this. Yeah. And she said that she hadn't listened to the Teal Swan episodes yet, but, but she, she was looking to. forward to them, which tells me she hadn't just listened to the podcast a long time ago. Right. She's keeping yeah. fairly current on it. Or maybe totally. maybe while we were in there, she was looking up the podcast. Perhaps. Yeah, it was a funny dynamic. I wonder if she saw my name, was like, that's familiar, and then looked me up and just like didn't realize you were you. I just feel in general she was reacting more to you huh. for whatever reason. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like the flip of the way to happiness guy who would only talk to you. And right. I was like, I'm still, I asked that question, why are you looking at my friend? <laughs> yeah, you were the focus of her attention, but that's fine. And this bookstore is amazing. Yes. I want to spend more time in it's this bookstore. It's such store. a good bookstore. It's a collection of the occultic, the satanic, the philosophical, the religious. There's works of Christian apologetics. There's mm-hmm. just everything you uh, and I would want to read. Totally. And no short shrift to science and disbelievers as well. Oh, yes, absolutely. On every shelf, I was seeing some book I had already read. And it reminded me of when we were at that sharing library at the Institute of Mental Physics. Well, mm-hmm. we went there twice, but when we were there for the... I think it was the breathing one. The holotropic breath work, we were looking at all the books there, and I thought, oh, if I got locked in this room for a few weeks, that would be okay. Yeah. As long as I could go to the bathroom and, and eat. Yeah. And, eat uh, a book. Yeah, this place was definitely one of those. So I told her, we'll be back, because I want to go back. Yeah, it was pretty rad. We both bought books, too. Should we say her name? Brooke? Was Brooke. it Brooke? Oh my gosh, Brooke and books? Brooke Book. Book Brooke. Book Brooke. She probably hears that a lot. Does she? Don't you think so? You don't think people call her Book Brooke? Nope. Really? Nope. This you is- think a woman who runs a bookstore and is named Brooke. This is the first time she's get called ever Brooke? heard that. Oh, now you're trying. Now you're turning into get, sarcasm. Get back to us, Brooke. No, uh, no. I'm betting okay. that she has never heard Book Brooke Oh, before. you're sincerely betting yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let us know, Brooke. Brooke, tell us the haps. Anyways, we liked you. We were glad to meet you. Yeah. And we'll see you again. Yeah, she was cool. Don't give us away. <laughs> and, you know, I always just think when the show evolves into a different flavor, then that's the arc of the story. Yeah, Carrie was talking about that the other day. I wonder what would happen if Ross became a believer. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wouldn't it be a problem? Oh, that's funny. Actually, I was saying if one of us did, and I pictured it being me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, I don't foresee a problem if either of us became a believer. Me neither. In fact, we'd finally have that sort of uh, (laughs) AB dynamic we sorely lack. (laughs) Right. (laughs) We're more like an A, A sharp. Right. Yeah. Hey, one of us is a man, one of us is a woman. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, 
we have the feminine with the circles. Oh, and yes. The, Thank you for striking your mallet against my open vessel. <laughs> and the, uh, <laughs> the concave receptacle. That is me. That's right. There's nothing less That's sexy. That's all I've ever wanted to be. <laughs> than concave receptacle. <laughs> it's like when people call women like cum dumpster. <laughs> oh, no. It is, though. No, it is. Yeah. That's awful. Oh, God. All right. Well, on that happy note. Anyway. We enjoyed our time there. I'm sure we'll be back. I'm sure it's all true. And uh, what would you rate crystal sound bowls on a pseudoscience scale where one is something not at all pseudoscientific, Mm -hmm. something proved like the theory of evolution, Okay. and 10 is something just absurd, like at all moments, the vibrations in the air are small particles of goat sperm that are producing the sounds you hear. That's a 10. Seven. At least in this version, yes. I think it's pretty pseudosciencey. Talking about the crystalline s- structures of the body and vibrations merging together and doing physical healing. Come on, now this is just a nice meditation aid. I feel if I gave it a thought, I'd end up somewhere right around seven. So I'll, I'll go okay. with you there. And for me, this feels like one of those things. Again, this is me, mm-hmm. but if you just told me, "Hey, come on by." Pay 20 bucks. We're going to play some beautiful music by rubbing a mallet on Mm -hmm. the outside of a crystal bowl. I would say, all right, cool. This sounds good. You just don't need that other stuff. I like the other stuff, but I just want it to be somehow positioned as a metaphor instead of like, nope, we literally mean this because then it gets me into analytical mode where Mm -hmm. I'm breaking down what I didn't want to break down. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think this is a pleasant experience intrinsically. Totally. Okay, what about on a pocket drainer value, what would you give this? Where one is something not at all pocket draining. Like you drive to the Philosophical Research Society, then you go to Trader Joe's to get their good vegan meatballs. Mm -hmm. Then you drive home and your new Prius C informs you that (laughs) that was less than 50 cents. Super cheap. Amazing. And then 10 is something very, very expensive. Like you go to the Toyota dealership to get a car. And they try to sell you this tire package where they say, oh, it's only like $16 more on your car payment. And as a result, you can get free tires if you injure your tire. And Mm -hmm. you say, okay, excuse me, what do you mean by injure? And they say, well, like if you get a nail in it and you're like, well, I've only gotten a nail in my tire once in my whole life. So what about just the tire running out? And they say, no, we don't cover that. But if you get 10 nails in your tire in one month, you'll wish you had it. And you say, that's ridiculous. I'm going to pay what? What? (laughs) It's a very interesting hypothetical. $600 you've over time in order to avoid one nail? Do you think I'm an idiot? That's a 10. I can see your tire just running out of air naturally. And, you know, you just stick a nail in it. That would be the way to do it. No, that's malfeasance. Slash, slash but... your own tires. Yeah, that'd be fraud. <laughs> okay, so that hypothetical is a 10. Uh-huh. I'm going to say, I'll say it registers because, you know, 20 bucks, 10 bucks in our case bucks, for yeah. the shorter one. Mm-hmm. But not much. They even have an offer if you need financial assistance. Yeah. So I'll say two. Yeah, I think at this particular place, I'd have to say one. I feel like if you came in and said, I have no money, they'd be like, that's okay. Take a seat. Totally. But yeah, I hear you. If you do have some income, you're going to feel like, okay, I should give at least the requested donation. And, this, yeah. this is nobody's get rich quick scheme. Totally. What would you give this on a danger rating? Where one is something not at all dangerous, you 
sit down with a friend and record a podcast. Oh, right. Okay. At that you do friend's that all the time. house. Whereas 10 is something incredibly dangerous, like you drive through wildfires that are currently engulfing oh, California. God. Yeah. Some scary videos out there. Yeah. By the way, you guys can donate to the uh, campfire up in paradise by going to the United Way. They have a dedicated fund specifically for them. And hopefully by the time this episode comes out, that will all have been contained oh, and done. True. But uh, yeah, California is in a bad way right now. Yep. Okay, so that's a 10. Boy, oh boy. I feel like we almost need a different on-off switch rating just for like, well, this could take you away from real medicine mm-hmm. and that makes it dangerous. But that's my only caveat here. Otherwise, one, there's right. nothing that's going to happen. No inherent danger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, If you have a bad headache, Probably better not to go. Yes, yes. But yeah, one. Or if you have tinnitus or something, but you already knew that. Yeah, then loud, persistent sounds are not for you. Yep. What would you give this on a creepiness scale, where one is something that's just plain not creepy? Like you go to your childhood house and you're like, hey, they give it a new paint job. Looks great. Okay. And then two is something super creepy. You go to your house where you grew up and you knock on the door and your dad opens it, but it's your dad as a younger man. Hmm. And he says, Hmm. hey, son, have you been out playing? And you're like, what? What, dad? And he's like, it's time to come in. It's your mother's birthday. And he's moving all slow and you're just drawn to it. So you go in and you follow him to the table and he's setting out a birthday cake And what's your mom's name? Arlene. Arlene. It says Arlene on the cake, but your mom comes in and she's an old woman, older than she is now. And you're like, what? What's going on? And then your sister's sisters come in. I have two sisters. Your two sisters come in and they say, hi, Ross, in unison, but they're both infants. (laughs) And then you die. Oh my goodness! The the dying part—that's yeah, extra yeah. Creepy. I kind of buried the lead on the dying. <laughs> I and I would totally fall for this too because you can't just walk away and be like, "Well, that's weird." Yeah. Okay. Someone stopped you in the back right there. You're my young dad. Oh goodness. Yeah. So. Oh my. This yeah. Is creepy and dangerous. Okay. Oh goodness! I want to say one. I'm looking yeah. for some element of creepiness in all this. I mean, there's some fun, cool design work going on at this. Uh huh. PRS location. I could imagine like some Christian kid being freaked out there. Oh, especially because you've got books on the occult. By the way, I bought Selling Satan, which uh, is an expose on Mike Warnke. Yeah, who... I want to borrow that after. Oh, man, I can't wait. Uh, Mike Warnke keeps coming up. I borrowed that Satanic Panic book from you, and that had a chapter on him. When I went on the Comedy on Vinyl podcast, we talked about a Mike Warnke record as well. Oh, okay. He was a part of the Jesus movement, and he went around to churches and spoke about his past experience as a Satanist and all the horrible things he'd done. And a how- Satanic priest, right? Yeah. It, okay. So many people in his thrall, and he you know, cut people, and they ate human organs and all kinds of wow. awful things. and. 
he described this all in so much detail, but he was also a comedian. Uh-huh. And so for a long time, he was the best known Christian comedian. Uh-huh. Very, you know, big fish in a small pond, I guess. Right. And uh, turns out he was lying about all of this. Sure. In a Christian magazine. Thank God, because otherwise this. he should be in prison. Right. And so it was just part of that whole satanic panic of the, you know, 70s, 80s. Is he still alive? Yes, he is. Yeah, and we still be friends with him, and still active, and still talking about how the church stabs their own in the back, even though he, oh no, he shies away from making those claims anymore because they've been thoroughly debunked. Oof. Anyways, this is a book critical of him. Got it. So I, that was in the library with so many other books. I was saying, oh, I got to read that. Ooh, I want to read that. So wow, wow. What did you get? Oh wow, I got a book about. Satanism and law enforcement. I think the thesis of the book is like law enforcement officers have been too credulous with claims of satanic activity. Gotcha. Oh, and I I should mention the book that Warren Key became famous for was called The Satan Seller. Ah, right. And so this is a little play on that. I'm not done listing the books I bought, though. I also bought two Buddhist books. Ooh. You bought three books? Yeah. Whoa. Well, two were very thin. Okay. But yeah. Well, for the singing bowls, I'm going to say creepiness one. Same. Not creepy for me. But I could see if I were a 14-year-old Christian again being a little freaked out. But for sure. Still not that much. Hot drinks? Thumbs up. Didn't they get did? to have one because it was late and all they had was caffeinated coffee. But, but it was offered in the lobby. Yep. So thumbs, thumbs up. up. Good job, guys. Uh, favorite moment? I'll include as my favorite moment, because we didn't mention this, the Einstein quote uh, right. that was left on the screen at the end as we were leaving. It said, problems can't be solved at the level of consciousness that created them. And I said, I think that's almost right, but not quite right. I Attributed think to Albert Einstein, which is the important part. And you're right. We tried to look this up and we couldn't get an exact quote from right. Albert Einstein that was even close to this. But it sounds like something like that was said, but not with the word consciousness, but more like problems can't be solved at the level of thinking, thinking that, that created, created them. them. But even that was a paraphrase from something that was written by a group of scientists to warn people about the danger of nuclear weapons. Uh, but if you go to her website, to the sound bath portion, she has another Albert Einstein quote that says, Everything in life is vibration. Everything is energy. Match the frequency of the reality you want, and you cannot help but get that reality. No. It can be no other way. This is not philosophy. This is physics. Albert Einstein. Oh, my God. And just instantly, you know, that is not There is an no Einstein way. Quote. Zero way he said that. What's we- so amazing about Albert Einstein is that he was this math and science genius, but he was also one of our greatest writers. Like, he yeah. was so good with- And poetic. Yeah, with economical word usage as mm-hmm. well. And that is this rambly this, gook. The antithesis yeah. of- concise language so we looked that up and quote investigator knocked that one down pretty handily yeah. but anyway those were only <laughs> small parts of her very lovely presentation what was your favorite moment hmm i think it was walking around that bookstore oh yeah that was so fun for sure yeah they have a great bookstore everybody go to the philosophical research society yeah we should meet up there sometime yeah like, that'd be fun. everybody join us at the philosophical research society that'd be fun well that's it for our show our theme music is by brian keith dalton 
Our editor is Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support what we do at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. We've got some cool stuff that we want to get done, but we need donations to do them. And you can follow us on Facebook.com forward slash ONRAC, O-N-R-A-C, to see pictures and videos and conversations. Or at Twitter.com forward slash podcast to see Carrie's witty observations on all things podcast related. <laughs> and do you want to come to one of our live shows? I bet you do. Go to CarriePoppy.horse and see our live events. There's a bunch of them coming up. You can support us by leaving us a positive review at iTunes. Mm-hmm. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, oh, yeah, I do listen to this on iTunes. I should probably leave a review. Do it. Give Just us a do review. It. Five stars. Five stars. That's right. We want 10,000 five star reviews. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I want to be able to say that when I advertise on another podcast about this podcast. <laughs> you know, if you get us to 3,000, we'll do that in our next promo. Okay. There we go. <laughs> we have 3,000 five star reviews. <laughs> do we not have 3,000 yet? I think we're close to that. Whew. Okay, cool. And remember. This holiday season, we're flooding the Max Fun store with our biggest ever new product launch. 17 brand new items from some of your favorite shows. I bet you know someone who needs a new shirt or mug, maybe a hoodie. Cozy up in a pair of Max Fun logo socks or keep the sun out of your eyes with a rocket dad hat. There is literally no better holiday gift for the Max Fun fan in your life than some new year. And hey, Pick yourself up a little something, too. You deserve it. Check it all out at MaxFunStore.com. That's MaxFunStore.com. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.